Can you hear me? Oh my god. This is so <laughs> sick. We have deer. Whoa. We have uh, one buck, a little button buck, and two doe right outside the door. Deer are in this season of my life and in many seasons deer come as a sign of like it's synonymous with really magical moments or like i call them thin seasons or thin moments yeah where i feel like the reality the veil of reality is stretched thin yeah you can kind of see through to the other side and that always happens when deer are present that one's and so cute i'm not too. kidding you three minutes before you roll up there's deer they walking i'm not kidding you like they this happens <laughs> <laughs> but like those that know me and my podcast, like I talk about the weird things that happen with deer in my life, which is Good really start. crazy. Oh my gosh, this Good is start. insane. I literally just Snapchatted and I threw it on my story. I'm like, and I don't ever post. I'm like, oh my gosh. We have deer. I'm about to podcast and there's deer. This shit is about to be really <laughs> magic, which is insane. Oh my God, they look amazing. This is so crazy. Like, this is such a beautiful introduction. They usually just run through my yard. They don't. I know. They're in, they don't stay. And, and now they go. And they, they're allowing us to start now. They're like, they're like continue. Well, <laughs> <Proceed>. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Welcome to the podcast. We just kind of start. To be here. <laughs> we don't really talk about it. We just okay. kind of go. Okay. Um, uh, you are. Thank you so much of for. I met you like 48 hours ago. <laughs> At one of the hardest, hardest events of my life. <laughs> almost oh, a low point. <laughs> yeah, almost a low point. You are obviously avid into fitness. Yes. You, you love uh, lifting. It's very clear. Yeah. You are a fit individual. Right. Uh, but we invited you. Well, you got invited yes. to what's called the annual Murph on Memorial Day, which is a workout designed to honor um, a fallen hero uh, of ours. Michael Murphy, right. who was a Navy SEAL, I believe, he died a few years back, maybe eight or nine years ago. Oh, um, okay. He died in combat, and he the guy was crazy. He did. Yeah. He did. <laughs> yeah, I would. I would say the same thing. <laughs> he did. He did these crazy workouts, and one of the workouts that he liked to do is he liked to run in the morning, like before work. He would oh. run a mile, and he'd do a hundred pull-ups, two hundred push-ups, three hundred squats, and then run a mile to finish it. And everyone in his platoon uh, squad or whatever, they all thought he was crazy. Yeah. And uh, and so when he he died in combat, and and so on Memorial Day, we honor all of the fallen troops by doing what we now call Murph. Murph and it's, yeah. it is a CrossFit style workout. It's, it's popular in the CrossFit community. And that was your indoctrin indoctrination. <laughs> yeah. I lost my virginity to CrossFit. To Murph. With Murph. <laughs> I literally did. And I didn't even know there was a second mile. You didn't? No, I didn't. At what point did you realize? <laughs> Like in, in the workout? No, I mean, I, I I didn't know that there was a second mile walking into it. But my friend was like, oh, then you run after. Because she's in the military. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this Murph challenge. And she's like, oh, yeah, I, I do that too. And then she's like, yeah, but I was injured, so I couldn't do the first run or the second run. I was like, second run? And she's like, <laughs> yeah. And I was like, what do you mean second run? And she's like, I thought there was a second run. I was like, probably not. I think they just split up the first mile into maybe like, like an 800 meter and a second 800 meter, something oh, like gosh. that. And then she's like, yeah, maybe I don't remember. And then got there and you guys like, mile run one, five laps. Do your 300, 200, 100. Mile run mile number two. Mile run number two. And we're sitting there. I, was, I tried to keep it cool. Like, okay. Oh, internally, wow. You, you played it cool. Yeah, internally, I was dying. Because I had known you for all of about 15 <laughs> yeah. minutes at that point, And I was like, 
this chick, she's down to run. She's down to do all these things. And in your brain, you were like, I was freaking out. Oh, shit. I was like, this is going to hurt. I don't think I'm, I'm like mentally prepared for this. But. Oh, my gosh. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, no, you did so well. You beat you. you beat everyone in the gym. I didn't wear a vest, though. First so. place. Well, you, Okay, so traditionally, you're supposed to wear a, either a 20-pound or a 14-pound yeah. vest, Yeah. Um, which makes all of that stuff significantly harder. I can't imagine. I wore a vest yeah. uh, and did not finish with a vest. When did you take it off? Before the last run. Okay, well, yeah, no, I, I did one imagine. lap. I did one lap with, with, the, with vest? the vest, but my shoulders were yeah, burning. Imagine, yeah. They wouldn't stop burning. Yeah. And, and so I was just like, I'm I'm going to take off the vest. Right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to admit something here. Uh, I actually got a DNF because... What does that mean? Dude, I oh. did, did not finish <laughs> because I did the, I took off the vest and I, and I did a second lap and my shoulders were still burning so bad. It was like going into my neck. Oh, no. And I'm just like, you know what? I had a good day of fitness. We'll do it next you know, year, yeah. I honored Michael Murphy and all of our fallen heroes. And Honestly, yeah, that's you know, all you know what? I'm just, I just want, I just want some of those Icelandic wafers that. Kat <laughs> yeah, brought. those were amazing. <laughs> I wish I grabbed more than just one. I just grabbed one. I, that thing went down. So, are, are you going to do any more CrossFit now? Or I don't know. My arms are still swollen and painful. From well, you're that. two days out. My mom was looking at my arm. She's like, Ida. Those are massive. <laughs> I was like, I know, mom. And she's not really like, she's like, those are too massive. And I was like, I know. <laughs> no, first like, of all. I'm juiced right now. Okay. <laughs> are you saucing? Yeah, You're honestly. saucing. You're on the sauce. I was like, mom, I'm sorry. I am your daughter. And she's like, are you? You look like my son right now. <laughs> are, are, has like the, the strong muscular fitness, has that come really naturally for you? So I mean, genetically, I was like, built like a gymnast yeah and I remember my mom telling me like when so I'm originally from Iran my mom my, my parents are immigrants from Iran my mom was pregnant with me when they came over here so you were born here I was born here um my brother was born there I have an older brother um but anyways so we'd go back home to visit Iran and so I have like that whole dual nationality thing you know i I'm raised in America but I have cultural roots my parents speak Farsi at home we, mm. my mom cooks dinner um, you know, Persian food, things like that. Um, trying to learn how to read and write in Farsi, all that. So we would go back to Iran to see our family members, extended family, everyone's still there. And my mom told me that like when we would be like walking in the streets, a lot of people would come up to her and be like, what are you feeding this child? Like, why does she look like that? <laughs> why does she look like a gymnast? I had like capped shoulders yeah. <laughs> at a young age yeah. without doing anything. And I remember like in elementary school, one time I flexed. Oh I, well, actually, th this is what happened. I was at, we were at like a Persian dinner party here in America with some other family friends in the area. And yeah. my, it was like a lot of like older kids, like my brother's age and a mm -hmm. lot of boys. And I just remember they were one time, like there was this big, large mirror in someone's basement and they were like flexing in the mirror. And I was just like hanging out and I was like, well, let me try that. Like, let me, let me try to flex. <laughs> and I flexed and everyone's like, what the heck? Like, what is that? Why do you have a potato on your arm? <laughs> so that was when a I realized, potato. I was like, yeah, this. This looks different than most people, doesn't oh, it? Oh wow, that's but, did, yeah. did you ever have a, have a hard time with that? Like, um, I mean, I remember like one kid. Oh, there's more deer. There's more They're deer. They're coming back. They're coming yeah, back. this magic. I know. Um, one time, I mean, I didn't like it growing up to be honest because we still weren't in that fitness era. You know, we're in this like era where fitness is cool. Everyone wants to be fit, and that's both men and women want to be fit. But yeah. before, like, I'm talking like what, like. 20 15 20 years ago we were still in that like skinny like model thigh gap super mm. slim arms like you know that kind of 
uh, figure that you would see on the TV, like things like that. Um, so I remember I, di I didn't like having big sh arms and shoulders, and I didn't like the fact that I couldn't fit into like a regular, like my age, like what, six through 10 year old clothes because mm. my shoulders were too big. Mm. So we'd have to go to, like to the teenage section and get like clothes that would fit my sh shoulders. And I didn't like that. I didn't like that as much. And I didn't like, you know, being the kid with the, or the girl with the biceps. I was like, yeah. that's not feminine. I don't like that. <clears throat> and then I remember one kid one time made a joke to me. He's like, hey, I saw you in a movie. And I was like, really? Like what movie? Like, I don't remember being in a movie. And he's like, Beauty and the Beast, you were the beast. Oh, jeez. And at that time, I was like, I want to be beauty. But now you're like, I'm the beast. Yeah, I'm, I'm a unit. I'm the beast. <laughs> I can bite the, bite the beast. He's like my breakfast. But. <laughs> See, but that's so cool. I mean, we definitely live in a culture that has shifted. Yeah. Um, I mean, I remember... Uh, when I was younger, I mean, there was there was a girl who was very strong in high school. I remember very very strong, and everyone was like, "Oh, you're gay!" Yeah, like, immediately, like they would just throw these labels at right. her. And like, I didn't think much of it because I was in high school. I didn't understand right. the deep imp implications of you know childhood trauma that would, right. or even high school trauma that would last because so, of. Yeah. I mean, because of like uh, uh, like self issues, the way you know you view yourself, the way others project their view yeah. onto you, and and I didn't think nothing of it. I was just like, oh yeah, that's the you know that's Chelsea. She's the I strong think it, girl. It honestly changed for me where I wasn't so self conscious about like my arms. In being muscular it was in high school i had a teacher she's amazing mrs freeman um and she like the first day i walked into her class she's like i love your arms like i can't believe you have these <gasps> oh arms. i love they're that. amazing your arms are like amazing i want your arms and i was like really like someone wants my arms and then she i remember she made a comment she's like do you know michelle obama your arms look like michelle obama oh my and gosh. i was like yes oh my gosh that's <laughs> and so amazing everyone was like you know like Everyone loved Michelle Obama and like how she was really into fitness, things like that. And I was like, man, like I feel good. Like maybe my arms do look good. Like it's they not do look yeah. good. <laughs> They're massive. <laughs> but yeah, so I think that like was the beginning of things shifting for me. But I still, and I didn't start lifting until after high school. I remember in high school, I was most mostly like a track runner. Um, so tr soccer was my sport until high school, and then I realized I was only good at soccer because I was fast. So. I went onto the track team and then um, cross country. But then I think senior year was the first time our coaches kind of put a few of us girls in the weight room and taught us like how to squat, how to deadlift. Um, and that was about it. And then I remember, you know, after high school, I didn't do any college sports. And so I started going to the weight room. My parents got a family membership at a gym locally and I still would not lift any upper body. Hmm. I didn't lift any upper body for, I think like, two years because you were afraid yeah i was like really? they're already big like you don't <laughs> I, don't <want> them. <laughs> I don't think we can go any bigger <laughs> and so i i just would do I, I was that girl i was the girl that and i was still trying to run so i was cardio bunny with leg days <laughs> you were <laughs> yeah. so you were the really really muscular girl who fit into the cardio bunny yeah. leg day that's really funny. And I and i could run i would run like eight miles every day okay we need to talk about this a little <laughs> bit you hold some records i do at the okamas high school i hold one record i'm not very proud of it actually i think you hold two do i, I you do what's the second one i believe you hold a record in the 400 yes and i also believe you hold a record in the 100 no i don't are you sure i definitely don't oh okay trust me but i i, I think what you're, you were looking at was like they have a top 10 over the past decade and i think i made it into the top 10 you, de you definitely made it into the top 10 let's see here 
Uh, first no team All-American. That was that year. Yes, I did look you up. Yeah. I did some homework <laughs> because I wanted to know who you were. I, some people think that's a little <laughs> creepy. But honestly, what it is is just good homework. Honor roll. So this is 2014, I believe. Yeah, you so were a senior, senior this year. year. Yeah. You were on the honor roll. You were in the 800. The, uh, you were in the 4 by 800. Gross. I think my glory. I know. 800, 4 by 400. You ran. Uh, the, you were the CAAC All, All Academic Award. Good guy. I was a nerd. <laughs> That's amazing. State finalist for the 4x400, MV, MVP distance events for you. Okay, so here we go. Record, 400 meters. You ran it it's not in that good of a 58.4 seconds. See, that's seconds. not really worthy of a school record, but because no. no one has ran it that fast, it became a school and, record. And, and I checked. No one's ran it since then. I know. And I've actually been – I was an assistant coach for a few years, and Eight I tried. years. <laughs> I tried. This no. record has – how, how tall are you? I'm five foot one on a good five day. Five foot one. <laughs> And you hold a running record. That and I got that my sophomore year in high school at the MSU track. Was at the, the MSU track, see I this is it. this is a big deal. Typically and traditionally, right. the fastest athletes are tend to be a little bit taller with the yeah. longer legs. They have the long levers and the femurs that just produce tremendous power. Right. I remember one of my races. It was at Alma. It was like a big invitational, and so it was the four hundred. And I'm on the line, and like all the other girls are on the line. I remember looking to my left, all I could see were their shoulders because they were so tall. Looked to my right, shoulders because they were so tall. And I was like, okay, here we go. <laughs> and I end up winning it because I just, I have really fast turnover. And I remember some parents coming up to me and be like, oh my God, you like, like gave me hope that my short child can be like really fast. And I was like, good, I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're right. It's the, it is the top 10 top list. Top 10 list, yeah. But it's from 2008 to 2014. So we're looking at yeah. a six year span. Um, for the 100, you, you're number one. I literally, he, and I, uh, the 100 wasn't my race. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> he would put me in the, he would put me in the 100 if we needed points. Like yeah. at a, like strategically. My race was the 400. 800. So, oh, okay. Can we talk about the 800 real quick? I love the 800. That is, okay. The 400's bad, but like right as it's cresting, right as it's getting <laughs> really bad, it's, it's over. The 400, you're, I mean, like you're rounding the corner past 300. Right. You're like, it's burning in the lungs and it's going down to the gut. It's starting to creep into the legs, but you're good because then it's done. You and sound like you ran track. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've been. Like I, you were I, traumatized. <laughs> okay. Let, let me be clear. My, my fitness journey is not like yours. I did not look uh, genetically modified from birth. <laughs> I looked like a potato, not like normal? a not okay. not the potato on the arm. I just looked like a potato most of my life. Got it. Okay. And and uh, I found fitness um, in like 2015. I was actually okay. I was actually really heavy. Um, really? I'm five six most of the time, um, and I was like 210 pounds. Okay. I, and that was like not a good 210. I should right. show you a picture. Oh my gosh. It it's, wasn't your peak. Oh, I, I look like a different person, though. Like, really? Oh, yeah, entirely oh, wow. different person. I should try to pull it up while we're chatting. Um, yeah, like 100% look like a different uh, like a different person. And I know it's on my Instagram. I, I'm not going to be able to find it in my camera roll. There's no way. Um, <laughs> but uh, um, I went through a transition. I found uh, I, my sister invited me to CrossFit um, in 2015. And my very first workout was a workout. It was a named workout. So... Excuse me. There are name named workouts. Um, 
and they're designed to test your fitness. So like we know that um, Nancy is a certain workout. And that sounds like an innocent name. Oh, but I'm assuming it's not an innocent. Oh, dude. Well, there's there, there's one called Karen. <laughs> I'm not lying. It's That's like hilarious. yeah, there is a, there is a workout called Karen, and uh, the the workout Karen is terrible. Um, but uh, um, I remember going, and so the, the the named workouts come up so that way, like you can do. Okay, I did I did Nancy in June of last year. This is April or oh, my, it's wow, it's June. It's June. Yeah. Oh goodness! Uh, so it's June of this year. I thought it was April for a second. No, no it's June. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I need help. Um, I, but I know that. So I do it again, the exact same workout to see where my fitness is. So that's what named workouts are. Okay. They traditionally are a lot harder because you're testing yourself. Right. Um, this one was like, um, you run a, you run 400 meters, and then you do 15 overhead squats with like 95 pounds on the barbell. It's okay. not bad. You would have 65 pounds on the barbell, but you do that five times. So five rounds okay. of it. And okay. so it traditionally takes like 15 to 18 minutes to do the workout. Um, this was the first workout I ever did. And I couldn't even do the barbell because it was so, like I did one, I was like out the gate. Wait, and you never did any lifting before Nothing. this? Oh, Nothing. Wow. I had never done anything. I just wa- I walked into the gym with my sister and he's like, we're doing Nancy today. And I was like, okay, okay. What's, <laughs> a, sounds weird. what's an overhead we're squat? We're doing Nancy today. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but I was like, what's an overhead squat? I, yeah. I had, I've never even, I've never right. even, I didn't even know what that was. So he like gave me the, you know, it's an Olympic lift where you put the barbell overhead, you right. go down and do a full squat. I'm like, that's not humanly possible. I'm pretty sure. I, <laughs> I don't I, bend that way. No one can do that. And so um, I tried to do it with the barbell. I couldn't even do it. So I did it with a PVC pipe. And, okay. And out the gate, they're like, three, two, one, go. I took off like a cannon, which you do not do on a five-round <laughs> workout. And so I got about the first one back. I'm like, oh, this coach is going to think I'm sick. <laughs> I'm the next regionals athlete. And I tanked so fast. I don't even think I finished in the 25-minute cap. Oh, no. Um, so that was my introduction into fitness, and then I, I, I just I was addicted to it. I, right. And then every day it was just this new workout, and we're doing right. um, we're doing Olympic lifts and cleans and deadlifts and back squats, and then we're doing burpees until you die and right. pull ups. And I'm just like, it's never boring. That because right. that was my traditionally my problem was I'd go in and do the same three fucking workouts every then, day, yeah. every week, and I'm like, I'm so bored. I want right. to do something different. So I think that's why I mean, definitely CrossFit's not for everybody. It's but it's for those that are bored. Yeah. Like it's. I don't have to think about a thing. Right. I just show up and it's on the board and I'm like, I guess Whether I'm doing like that today. Not, yeah. Yep. <laughs> and that's that's all it is. And so about a year in, or no, six months in, I found nutrition and then that's when everything changed. changed. Yeah. yeah. So I was, um, this was about a one year difference between the two for me. Oh, wow. In one year. Yeah. That's pretty insane. Yeah. So I dropped about. Not, not only did you drop weight, you put on muscle. Oh, Yeah. That's a huge transformation. Yeah, I went. You don't see that often. No, no, no. So that means that was living under there somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You just couldn't tell underneath all those nachos and (laughs) burritos. Um, (laughs) uh, But it was it was such an interesting. I felt I felt like I've never like this existed. Right. Yeah. This my whole life and I've never seen it. Right. You know, like this part of me, I, it was like, I had not just like a new lease on life, but it was like a whole new person right. came to the service because then like a new confidence came and I was doing, and then like the question became like, 
what am I capable of? Yeah. Which I've never been able to ask that question before. And I feel like CrossFit really makes you <laughs> I mean, continue to answer CrossFit that CrossFit definitely does, but like, like there's a lot of, um, I mean, if you're competitive in, in any type of weightlifting, right. you can start to ask that question. Right. Like right. for like for you, like I, I know right now I could ask you like, what are your numbers? And you right. like you'd spit them off. Yeah. I, like easily because why? Because you're chasing the next number. Yep. You know, you, you know that your nutrition is on, um, your, your sleep has to be on, your recovery has to be on right. every decision you make goes towards those numbers. Yeah. And so you are like, you, you can ask yourself that question right now. Right. Like when you were running your, your races, you could ask yourself the question, like, what am I capable of? Right. Yeah. And you, you showed what you are. And so that's, that's really cool. And that's what it did for me. I was like, I've never been able to ask myself that. That's crazy. And so now I like, so that's a little bit of the fitness journey that I went on. Right. And then like I got injured and went into a bad relationship and I kind of like, right. off you let me. the other stuff get. Yeah, oh, man. I moved out to Colorado okay. to try to get away from a girl and she chased me. <laughs> and then I moved back to Michigan trying to get away from her again. Don't tell me she, chased she didn't. To Michigan, she like, come on. No, it's a long, I mean, it's a dense story. That's kind of, that's a nutshell of it. That's like a two second version of two years. <laughs> Oh dear God. <laughs> yeah, um, it's okay. <laughs> I did a whole podcast on it. I, my whole life, I, I'm so I'm not really public with my life. I don't post a lot. Right. Um, the, a lot of people don't really know what I'm up to, but uh, if they listen to my podcast, they know they, everything. everything. <laughs> I share. I share everything on this podcast. Like I go on a date with a girl. I'm like <laughs> the, next, the next podcast. I'm like Ashlyn, who's the co-host? He, he couldn't be here today, but I'm like Ashlyn. I went on a date. <laughs> Probably not going to work out. Total fail. <laughs> she showed up 40 minutes late. I was already two burritos oh, deep. Oh, no. No, but it's, it's like every time. I, it's, it's all on the podcast. So, so you grew up um, Persian. Yes. Uh, and, but here in the U.S. Uh, do you speak Farsi? I do, but like not like extremely well. And I have like an American accent when I speak it. But like when I like talk to my family on the phone, it's sort of tough to speak sometimes like I can understand it really clearly and then when I go to Iran and I'm there for like more than a week then I like I'm like good I can like takes speak. about a week yeah and yeah. then when I come back to America I forget English and I'm like oh god this is too hard when was the last time you were there <laughs> um right before medical school so uh, and you just graduated I just graduated Congratulations. Yeah. thank you so, okay I need to ask this yeah because I have like four questions revolving med school okay um, the first, uh, was, I heard some controversy about the match this year. Okay. Do you know anything about that? I mean, controversy in the sense that like there was people that didn't match. That yeah. Had, yeah. It's really sad. It's like, cause it's competitive. And then you. Cause isn't, I mean, traditionally that never happens, right? No, or... I mean, it, it does, but not, maybe not to this degree. I don't know about the past matches. I just know that this year there was a lot of unmatched applicants and it's just tough because you go to medical school, you pay all this money for four years, and you would think that there's going to be positions open and available to so, you to apply for. And So can you explain what the match is how it for works? those? Yeah. So you go to medical school for four years. Typically, it's, you know, two years of, like, schoolwork, some clinical stuff. But then the second two years of medical school are full-on clinicals. So you're in the hospital, you're in the clinics, you're you're doing rotations on different kinds of units. And then you apply for <clears throat> you apply for a specialty. 
Because once you graduate medical school, you're you are a doctor, but you're not a specialized doctor. So you know how you see when you're you know born till the age of eighteen, you see a pediatrician. Sure. And then after you might go to your family doctor, and sure. then if you need a surgery, you go to a surgeon, right? Mm-hmm. We're none of those things once we graduate medical school. We just have the doctor title, and then you have to get specialized. So you have to go into they call it residency. Um, training and so you apply during your uh, in between your third and fourth year you'll apply for whatever specialty you want so I wanted pediatrics so you apply for pediatrics and there's like um, I think in the Midwest there was about like 34 pediatrics programs Um, so some hospitals have them some hospitals don't some universities have um, you know pediatrics programs or whatever and then um, so you apply and how many did you apply for (laughs) I applied to 54. Wow. So, and that was, so my board scores weren't like something to write home about. And so my school told me you need to apply to a lot of, a lot of programs to increase your chances of matching. Um, And I ended up interviewing at 25. So you Um, had 25 interviews? Yeah, it was. Were they all Zoom? uh, Yes, thank God. Saved a (laughs) lot of money. Oh my God. Because I applied to every, every program in the Midwest, basically. Wow. Then I applied to all the programs in California. Wow. Hawaii had one, Arizona a few, Washington, Texas a few. So I like, Ugh, if I had to book plane tickets to all of these, <laughs> I would have been. Is that the way people did it traditionally? <laughs> yeah, that's why you wouldn't take as many interviews. Because oh. you would only take the ones you really, really So actually, the pandemic actually opened up the, the, the opportunity. For more people to interview. For interviews. Which makes it maybe a little bit more competitive. Because oh. now these programs can see a lot more applicants. That's interesting. Yeah. I wonder why they didn't do that before. Uh, they mean, want they want to see you in person. You know, yeah, you're gonna be I could working as a too. doctor at that yeah. hospital. They want to know who you are exactly. Like what? It's different yeah. in person. I mean, I I despise doing uh, podcasts right. like, over Zoom or whatever. I mean, I've done a few. Right. There's it's just a, different. There's this element of magic that yeah. does not exist when you're face to face. Yeah. So then, I interviewed, and then the kicker is, you can fall in love with the program you interviewed with. And you can say, I really, really want to go here, but you can't, you can't choose. You have no choice. You have no choice. What you do is after interview season is over, you will rank all the places you interviewed from or whichever ones you want to rank, basically, from one to whatever. You rank them. So number one is like, I really want to go here. Number two is like, you know, Def- so you just definitely want to go yeah. here, but and not then as much, right? The programs. They rank everyone they interviewed. Oh, jeez. So then there's this big algorithm. So this is like, it's like Tinder. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, you're for, dating and like. It's like if you both swipe right. Basically. It's a match. Yes, exactly. Or they, some some medical students say it's like the NBA draft. But I don't know much about yeah, the NBA draft it, to know it's, anything. It's much closer to the draft <laughs> than it is. <laughs> but then this algorithm runs through and it'll be like, okay, like. You ranked this place number one. Let's see if that place ranked you in their top bracket. And it's like, no, then it goes to your second choice, blah, blah. So then what happens is, you know, if you're if you're really lucky, not lucky, if you, you know, things go the way you want it to, then you'll match at your number one. If not, number two, three. Typically, you want to match in your top five, I would say. Um, and then you, but you don't, like, say you matched at your, like, 10th. You have to go. You're forced. It's it. You're I mean, in, it, right? it would just look really bad if you declined. So you can decline. I honestly don't know, but I think once you submit your rank list, it's like a binding agreement to whichever one you 
I wonder what would happen if you decided. I mean, it would just re- look really bad if you wanted to apply again. It would oh be gosh. on your record that you you pulled out, so you're not really committed. You know, like oh gosh. things like that. So I think that far in, you just yeah, gotta go. I know. So some it, it sucks for some people that you know don't get to match in a place because sometimes people factor in where their family is, you know, where their hometown is, wanting yeah. to be close to their husband, wives, whatever. Their children go to school somewhere, and they don't want to leave that place. And you don't end up matching, and you have to move your whole family or split your yeah. family. To continue on your medical education. Did you get your your number one? I got yeah, I got. You got your number one. <laughs> so I was I was pretty excited. Holy I just cow. wanted California really badly, and so I so had. You ranked... got, I don't think I I've, so I know a lot of people that have gone through medical school, like an absurd number, like a, like probably fifteen or sixteen people that have gone through this match process, right, and. I don't think I've ever met anyone that's got their number one. Really? There's, no. there's, a, there's a lot from, I think, from my school that got their number one. Wow. But, but the thing is, like, I ranked mine, I mean, I ranked all of California in the top. <laughs> because it's not just Michigan State University right. that's grudge. It's the whole all, country. All medical. And not all, even just U.S. There's some Canadian students that apply to the so, U.S. And, and everyone's getting matched. Every, that's, like, the biggest all day. At, all at the same time. All across the country. Yeah. It's like the biggest day ever when you open your like envelope or email or whatever and it says, congratulations, you will be training at this place. Oh, You're my like, gosh. And you don't know until the day, so you can't even plan your life. Oh, my gosh. You can't plan like your life. You can't and figure what, out. And what day is match day? What's March the date? 18th. March 18th. Of course, I have it. <laughs> and so it, it's June 1st and you're about to go. Yeah. On June 6th, I have my June 6th, so you have five days. Yeah. And I, I met you two days ago, and I'm fitting you in it before you move your life I was like, across. podcast? Hell yeah, I've never done one. <laughs> Let's fit this in with, like, barely any time left. Let's do it. Absolutely. Why not? Yeah. Let's make it work. That's hysterical. So, yeah. That's uh, so crazy. So, you're you're about to move across the country. Yes. What's the one thing you most care about? Um, leaving my parents. I, yeah. I was so, you know... I have lived with my parents. I'm 26 years old. I just turned 26 like two weeks ago. Happy and birthday. So, thank you. <laughs> and so I've lived with my parents. I think I, I moved out during my senior year of college just for fun. And then I moved out when the pandemic first started just to make sure that the, like I wasn't bringing anything home from the hospital. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I've lived with my parents from day one till really? today or till Monday, I guess. Um, so that's going to be really tough. And I'm really close with my mom and dad. And so... That's going to be the time. And I always joke that they're my roommates. Like, whenever I post about them, I always say, these are my roommates. Like, so it's not like I'm living with mom and dad. <laughs> they're my roommates, okay? They, of course they're roommates. <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah, that's going to be really tough, I think. That's the biggest part that um, I'm going to miss. I mean, I, like, like, especially, like, with quarantine that's happened. And, like, whenever I'm home, me and my dad, like, I make omelets at, like, lunch. During my dad's lunch hour, we always have, like, omelets together oh, or something. So Sundays. Cool. And then, you know, dinners, we're always together. And then... You know, Persians, they always have, like, tea after dinner. So, like, we're always sitting and drinking tea together and having conversations. What kind of tea? Just, like, regular black tea. Just black tea? Yeah. It's, like, from, like, maybe, like, a Middle Eastern brand, but it's just regular What's the biggest cultural difference you've seen between, like, life in Iran and Um, here in the U.S.? I mean, because, yes, you grew up here, but you have enough exposure. I do. I I don't know. I, I just feel like, and maybe it's just because that's home to me, but it feels like everyone's like you know like you live in this i live in a neighborhood right so we have neighbors but you're not that close with your neighbors in the sense that how they are back at home in iran like everyone knows each other in a town like like and then like 
I don't know, like, I remember when I'd visit back home, um, and I, I loved seeing my grandparents, and my grandpa would always take me to what they call a bazaar, and it's it's basically, or maybe you guys know what bazaar means. I don't. It's like a it's like a big market center. Okay. So it's like it's like their mall, but it's not like like closed type mall. It's like everything, like your grocery store, like every like everything. Huh. Um, and so it's like you just walk through, and there's like little, little. I don't know how to describe it. But anyways, I, I just loved going is it like, there. Is it flea market style? Kind yeah, kind of like that. And so okay. that's where everyone goes and buys their stuff. And everyone knows, like, the store owner of this. And oh, they know gosh, the store owner of that. So cool. And, like, they know you live here. And then, like, there's a bread market down the street that, you know, will know who you are and things like that. And so my grandpa would always take me. And he would always, like, mention to the people, like, hey, this is my American granddaughter. And so they're like, oh, my God, like, she's <laughs> American. But anyways, like, everyone knew each other. Everyone was, like, always kind to each other. And... Um, like whenever like someone who lives down the street, if you know, like they're more elder, like there's always a neighbor there to help and like, like bring them their groceries or something like there's no services like you have here where you do, you know what, like people can buy your groceries and drop yeah, them off at the door. No, it's just like a community type effort that they have. At least huh. when the last time I visited in like in, in our little small town that my parents are from. Hmm. So I love seeing that. It's like, it's a lot more community effort. It's, um, I mean, it actually feels like your neighbor is your family. What's the most misunderstood thing about the people from Iran or from the people from um, the Middle East? The Middle East? I don't know because, I mean, I've just never been in that view to view them differently because I feel like one of them. So of I don't, so I, I feel like I don't have the best answer. But I, what I would say is I wish that like they all under, like we're all the same. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we all desire the same things. We all want to live a happy life where, um, I don't know. I just feel like they they see the Middle East as like this totally different society, but it still has the same components of like our society here. It just I, I mean, know. like sadly, I, I I don't know a ton about. I mean, I've been to um, the UAE. I mean, right. and that's a very small part right. of the Middle East. And right. I mean, I was just there briefly, um, and I I mean, but like sadly, I hate the fact that the culture that I live in doesn't expose me to the to the the diversity that exists right. on this planet I mean especially like through our American pedagogy and, and the, what they teach us like history right. I so couldn't tell you a thing right. about Canada right. I can't even and they're like a stone's throw I just away. know they gave us Drake and Justin Bieber that's it and <laughs> Celine Dion like I, I mean <laughs> like for real I have no idea when Canada was founded. Yeah. I, I couldn't sing the Canadian <laughs> national anthem. Neither I have I. no idea. But and they're right there. I mean, I let alone the Middle East. Right. And like you think about that, and and I mean, you know, I don't want to. I, I I love my brother. I mean, but he is he spent a lot of time in Iraq, right. in Afghanistan, um, doing tours over there, and he has very uh, rigid views right. on, on on the the people that live over there, and it's hard to have conversations with him right. because for him. They, they are the people that were shooting at him. And right. those are the people that he was shooting at. Yeah. And for me to be able to say, hey, Ben, like, these are just, I mean, these are human beings. They didn't choose to be born. Right. And they especially didn't choose to be born into that culture right. and with that family. And it's the same with you. And and he, it's hard for him. To come to terms with it. Yeah. yeah or just, to, like, understand To view that. them as a human. Right. I think that's what kills me the most. Whenever I hear about wars and things going on, like, growing up, it always, like, killed me, like, why are we, like, so, like, quick to, like, disregard that a war is happening in this country and it's disrupting these people's lives, but then, like, something happens in our country, you know, like, 
like you know big tragic events and they don't happen the way that they happen there you know it's yeah. not like a war type thing it's you know these isolated events that i mean unfortunately have been increasing and things like that and we you know it affects us everyone here so then why can't we think the same way when it happens over there mm. and it's you know it's not even their own people doing it to them sometimes it's people from another country doing it and it's like why can't we think that way about you know people on the other side of the ocean but I don't know. Well, I mean, a lot of what how we feel is taught to us. Right. Like we're told how to feel about. It. I mean, like, how do we feel about the people of of Bulgaria? Right. I, I, I have no feelings yeah. towards them, <laughs> exactly. right? Yeah. Because I haven't been told to feel a certain way. Right. Right. And I, I mean, grossly, the Middle East now is portrayed with. I mean, and is synonymous in a lot of senses with ISIS. And you Taliban just you just hear. ISIS, yeah. You just hear the Taliban and you hear ISIS and you just hear um, like Al Qaeda, which was right. back in the early 2000s. And, and that's all it was like. I don't really know what those organizations are. I don't really know what that is. But all I know is, oh, that's the Middle East. They all hate everyone and everything. Right. We are the good ones. Right. We're the saviors. We are the I mean, we're kind of like the world police. Right. Right. Because we do everything right. Right. And the whole world does it wrong. Just look at our national debt. It's a great place to start. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which leads me to my next, que- my next question. Is America the greatest country in the world? Whew. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, when I think about everything that my life has turned out, it's because my dad was able to come here. And, you know, we've talked about it multiple times, like, everything that he left behind back at home to bring us here. And, you know, he says it was completely worth it to see both me and my brother, you know, get our education, be raised in this place where I could explore, you know, different things that I've wanted to do that we're not sure if I would have been able to explore them back at home. Mm. Um, But I, you know, sometimes I think like, I think I would have been happy back home too. Like, you know, I, I, so I, I don't know if there's like a better, and I remember whenever I'd go back home to Iran, my like family would ask me like, because uh, I would be like, "Are you ready to go back to America? Like, are you excited to go back to America?" I was like, "No, like I don't <laughs> want to go back. <laughs> I love this place." And they're like, "No, no, you need to go back." And that was actually my um, speech for uh, graduation from high school. Of course, you had the speech. Yes, <laughs> and it was titled "The Lucky Ones," and it was all about how. Whenever I'd leave Iran, my grandma would always be like, don't be sad that you're leaving, like, Iran and you're going back to America. Like, why are you so sad? Like, don't be sad. Like, we should be sad that you're leaving us and that we can't go with you to America because, you know, you're super lucky to be able to go Mm. to America and get your education and live the life that you're living. And so it was always, it it was a speech basically reminding everyone that we are so truly lucky to be able to graduate high school hmm. and then go on to college or go on to whatever and that like we need to remind ourselves like while celebrating how fortunate we are to even do something that seems like it's just routine right just to graduate high school is such a routine thing that you're just like required to do it like no questions asked and so we had to like I, I was the speech was just like stopping and reminding yourself that you're very fortunate to be in this position at 18 years old that you had an ed- you have your diploma your high school diploma hmm. um and so yeah so I mean, I I just feel like I it's only my life that I've lived, so I can't answer the question: Is America really the greatest? But I've been really I think I believe I've been fortunate to live in America and to have the opportunities that I've had thus far for both me, my family, and all that. That's a very good political answer. 
great job. You could run for state senate now. I and, might. And probably. <laughs> I might. And probably win with that answer because you didn't answer it at all. And I, and I love it. It's spectacular. So halfway through your medical school, yeah. an interesting thing happened. Now you had started in 2017 to 2018 would be your first year of medical school. I believe because it's four no, years, No, right? so 2018 I started. So 17 to 18 was year one, 18 to no, 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 18. No, 18 to 19 was year one. 19 to 20 was two. Yeah. 20 to 21 was three. Yep. 21 to 22 was four. Yep. Halfway through, this virus. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> starts and I remember actually clearly this was early early January a friend of mine was a nurse yeah. and she was posting articles she's like this there's a virus that's going around in China and I think it's going right. to be a big deal and I remember her posting and I had comment on it and I was like I was like oh this is really interesting um, you know I'm a chemist by trade I'm not an right. epidemiologist I'm not a virologist I don't understand these things but I understand that people understand right. them very well they dedicate their lives to these things and right. so i'm following what they're saying and i'm trusting the things that they're talking about and stuff like that um and they're posting really interesting things right and all of a sudden now Here a case are. pops up <laughs> in washington and then right. there's one in illinois and then one in texas and next thing you know we're in march i think in michigan it was march 13th it was we, i remember in 2020 we locked down just for two weeks or maybe it was four weeks can't remember it's too hard now um, you're in the middle of medical school. Yeah. What was that like? I, and I have mentioned this before to my parents and my friends, I was super lucky in the sense that it, it happened when it did because, so we had just finished our second year and at my medical school, our curriculum's a little different where you have, in your first year you're placed at a clinic and you're just kind of working, like doing medical assistant type work because it's your first year, you don't know how to do anything. And then the second year, you do many rotations. So you're in the hospital doing, like, little, like some basic hospital-type tasks and stuff. Um, and then so we had just finished second year, basically. And so we went on spring break. I went on a girl's trip to Miami. And the day I got back, shutdown started. No way. Yeah, the day I got back from Miami. So people like, were talking about it a little bit. My dad was the one. He's like, Ida, <laughs> <laughs> Miami has a few cases. You better like they come had, back home. Everyone talked about Miami. Right, and I and I remember at that point I was like, Dad, this is this is not a thing. Like it's not it's not gonna happen. Like how it happened in China. Like this is America. And I had that same response until it happened, and then um, came back, and so. After spring break, we were originally planned, it's called intercessions, where you have three months of just, like, just classroom work um, to, like, uh, on different subjects. If you didn't do so well in those subjects throughout the year, then they put you in those, like, focus-type groups sure. for three months because we had to take our board exams. You have two board exams during medical school. The first one's step one, second one's step two. So step one, you take in between second and third year. So they were going to give us three months of intercessions, and then we had the whole summer off to study for our step one exam and take it before August to start our third year, which would have been clinicals in the hospital. So when shutdown happened, we were already just doing classroom work. So we weren't in the hospitals. And so, mm. and then all that just turned to Zoom, easy to make classroom work, you know, Zoom. Sure. And then we were already off to study. And so the world shut down and we're, we're already expected to shut ourselves down in our rooms and study. Mm. So 
it was like nothing changed for us. You know, we mm. it, it actually made studying a little easier because like really? we didn't have FOMO anymore. Oh gosh, <laughs> like no one's doing anything. No so one's like, doing. Oh yeah, anything. I'll study. <laughs> it still didn't help me study that well. <laughs> <laughs> I was outside like as much as possible, just like rollerblading and stuff. But yeah, but the virus can get you out yeah, there. Too. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but yeah, so jumps from your rollerblades to your brain. <laughs> and so, so I think we got pretty lucky. By the time we were, it was time to get into the hospitals. They had figured out enough PPE for everyone, you know, masks and goggles and things. So, like, they, we were able to start our rotations back in the hospitals right up. Obviously, it was different than what we had expected it would be, and we weren't able to see certain patients because they had COVID. Because we're not getting paid, you know. We're not employees of the hospital. So, like, we, like, if anything happened to us, it would look really bad. So, um, and we're paying to be, <laughs> we're paying to go to the hospital and yeah. do stuff. So, you know, certain patients we couldn't see COVID floors were like crazy. Like, and there was all these rules that you had to like, make sure you're following. We didn't have a student lounge anymore. We couldn't like hang out. We couldn't eat lunch. Do together. you feel like you were robbed like a part of your experience? Through- um, definitely, definitely do. But at the same time, like I said, I think we were still part of the lucky group from, because of where it landed in our, yeah. in our curriculum. Yeah, so, sure. um, and then, so like so we were third year, so we were just tasked with doing our clinical rotations. Things had already been kind of figured out, not settled at all, but figured out. Um, but what sucked was if you were a fourth year, because that's interview season. Oh, and gosh. so it happened all of a sudden, and now all these programs have to, like... like They're trying to adjust. Yeah. And so, and so then when we got to interview season, they had already made it one year of doing this. Yeah. So that, like... So nothing was totally, like, up in the air for us. Everything was already kind of figured out by the time we got to that next step. So I, th- I think... I was really lucky in that sense. Um, but yeah, I, I think a lot of us do feel like we were, but I mean, r- robbed isn't the best way to say it. It's just that it wasn't a typical medical school experience like we anticipated, but that's, that's medicine, right? Like that's being in the healthcare workforce. Things happen. The unknowable. And, yeah, the exactly. Unknown. And like, and you're on the front line sometimes of that. And so that's, I mean, it's expected in a lot of like the doctor's head, like you guys are going to be, you know, like this is, this is something that you should expect. Like that's, that you're gonna have to deal with like later on. There's there might be another pandemic or something else that happens that you're gonna have to yeah. be prepared for that. So I don't I don't think. Do you we, think that's gonna happen? Um, yeah, I, don't, <laughs> I think so. <laughs> we weren't that prepared for this one. You're Hopefully, saying, we learn. You're saying that with like a nervous laugh. <laughs> like I already know. <laughs> yeah. Wait, no. what are you cooking? <laughs> yeah, no, but I mean, I I think. Do you yeah, think it's Do you think it's gonna be a pandemic that kills us? Um, or do you think we're gonna kill ourselves? Or do you I don't think know. Um, I kind of hope it's aliens. But like, how would we die if it's aliens? What they like, want to take over our Earth. I don't know. They're what, like laser beams. Is that no, how they would not kill laser us? beams. No, not they're way smarter than that. Oh, <laughs> I think we're not even gonna know. No, we're gonna put something in the air and we're just gonna collapse. Oh, I would want to know. <laughs> I know, I would too. But <laughs> I mean, you like, know? if it's a really, really, really drawn out, painful death. <laughs> Dear God, no. Probably thank you. not. But even still, like the morbidity in me just thinks like. I want them to watch me die. <laughs> Psychotic. It's I mean, like they're killing Red me. Red flag. Red flag. <laughs> like, I mean, like if you're, if you're killing me, you at least have the common decency <laughs> to let me watch you watch me, right? <laughs> Is that a weird thought? It's a weird thought. A little bit, <laughs> but it's okay. I'm here for it. <laughs> I'm, I know I'm weird. I'm fine. I'm fine with it. I've I come think, to terms with my weirdness. So, so like in the in the movie um, Independence Day. 
You, you ever see that? Will, yeah, Will a long, Smith. long time ago. When that first big saucer came down over New York City and stopped, right. it was like right over one of the, it might have been over the Trade Centers, honestly, but it was right. like over a tall skyscraper. It was just sitting there. And then like the ship like opened up and they had like signs and like, woo, take me home. <laughs> and then a laser beam was like, <laughs> and like wiped out the whole city. Wait, what about that one other movie, the really old one, and it was totally awful, like, the cinematic stuff of it, and, like, these weird aliens came to Earth, and they're, like, welcoming them, and all, it was on Netflix, they brought it back on Netflix, it's super old. Is it, wait, is it on Netflix right now? Um, Oh, now I have to know. What is it? An old, like, like an old invasion movie? Yeah. Was it, like, Invaders from Mars? That's like an old 80s movie. It can't be that. Uh, It might be. Was it funny? Was it like a comedy? It was like cringe comedy, yeah. (laughs) And the the aliens are like in like they have these big heads. And they made that one reporter girl into like her head was on a dog's body. Little chihuahua's body. What? Okay. I'm looking this up right now. (laughs) I I don't think I've... I I wasn't allowed to watch I remember watching it like with my brother and his friends. I I don't think I was allowed to watch it either. But they were watching it and I was just there. (laughs) Okay, we're going to find this out right now. Uh, the Invasion of Body Snatchers. No. Hold on. I hope is, take oh, it, it says Invaders from Mars. Let yeah. me see. Can I see the picture of it? Is, is that it? Um, invaders from Mars. They had a couple of different no. invisible invaders. No. Invaders from Mars. Invaders, Invasion of Body Snatchers. No. Strange Invaders. Are you looking at, like, Netflix titles? Uh, no, I typed in Invader Movie Where Reporter Turned to On the Dog Body. <laughs> <laughs> Usually that works. <laughs> I mean, I type in the... Mo- oh, is this it right here? No. That's not it? Oh, wait, is, wait, is a dog on a woman? No. Is it this right here? Let me see. Where? Where are you pointing? Yes. Yeah, that's Invader. Oh, that's Mars Attacks. Yeah, Mars Attacks. Oh my Attack. gosh, I have seen that movie. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's yeah, ridiculous. that's a cringe comedy. <laughs> but I, I want to say I haven't seen that movie since I was a kid, maybe. Yeah, I, I rewatched it. I think like two years ago. <laughs> because I wasn't allowed to watch it when I was a kid because it gave me a nightmare. Like I, I don't was, think I was either. <laughs> I, I grew up really, really fundamental, uh, like evangelical, Christian, oh, wow. religious. Okay. And my parents were like, "No, you're not watching anything yeah, that no. doesn't like glorify God." Right. I'm not kidding. Right. And that definitely does. Like Smurfs, couldn't watch Smurfs. Couldn't oh, watch wow. like um oh uh, Harry Potter. That's a hard no. Oh yeah. Because he's a witch. Oh my God, that's so yeah. Sad. And witches go straight to hell. <laughs> Do not pass go. Do not collect two hundred dollars. Did you end up watching Harry Potter I later? I love it. Oh it's my amazing. God, I'm, I love that for you. <laughs> yeah, it's like I've seen it now. Like as an adult, I watched it last year, and I'm like watching. I'm like, oh this my, is... do people know about this? <laughs> like this is not a kids movie. <laughs> this is dense life portrayals of it's amazing like, betrayal and and. Like I'm like Everything. oh my, there's so much in here. I'm like I need to like write a book on this. I'm Did like, you find the new one? Or they just oh, came out with the they haven't have they released yet? Like we're, Dumbledore or something? Yeah, it's a new one, right? Yeah, I think they released it. Or maybe I don't new know. Harry Potter movie. Um, oh no, like there's a new new one, right? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, the Cursed Child. Have you not heard of this? No. Part one and two. Oh gosh. It have already you, came out. Uh published in september when is this going to come out have you not heard of this Mm -mm. oh gosh yeah um 
can't I can't scroll fast enough. <laughs> Hold on. When will new Harry Potter come out? Oh, not game. When will new Harry Potter come out? Um The Cursed Child. It says January of this year. Did it already come out? Oh my god, you're totally not a real fan. Yeah, but you didn't even know about it, so I don't even want to hear it. Oh my god, you're such a poser. <laughs> so you're a turd. Oh wait, no, this is just a trailer. Yeah, I knew that. <laughs> this is fun, isn't it? Me trying to be a poser now. This is fun, isn't it? Oh, should we watch this? Oh dear God. No. So should we watch this? So my friend was a journalism major. Is this funny that I found this? I found it too, and I asked her to take it down. 55 views. What? Who's watching this? <laughs> this is ridiculous. This video has been watched 55 times. What is it called? It's Ida. Hungry Hippo. JRN203, which I believe is a journalism, class. Journalism yeah. class. I actually looked up what JRN203 is. It's a... It's a um, I think it was a summer school class or a summer class. This is this, this is my is best February. friend that did this. I just saw her this weekend. And you're just going over the things that I eat that you eat <laughs> on a daily I'm basis. I'm pretty sure I was going through a bulk at this time. You were definitely going through a bulk because <laughs> five one eating three thousand calories a day. Oh, is that what I said? I love food. My favorite foods include olives, like feta cheese stuff, and pizza rolls. Oh, I have an addiction to Taco Bell. That's normal. Um, if I can't get a meal in before or after something, I won't do it. Three thousand calories a day. Dang. Thank you so much. It was a salad. And then it gives you a salad. That's amazing. Yeah, I, I, I was like trying to do a deep search. You don't exist online. Really? No, not at all. Like I was trying to find out like, okay, because typically some, at least some people put like the, the way they post, you can find kind of right. get a good idea who they are. You know, like you don't post at all, first of all. Like Facebook, your most recent post is oh, like yeah. 2017. I'm not kidding yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Facebook's um, a little dead. Yeah, it's really dead. <laughs> and then, uh, I mean, your Instagram is here and there, but you're not posting like the things you're passionate about or the things you love. No, oh, yeah, you're right. I don't. At all. So yeah. I had to go like deep and right. I did find. And you found food? I found food, and then I also found uh, when you were in honors college, yeah. um, you did uh, when you were majoring in neuroscience. But just for the record, um, I have like a deep passion for neuroscience really? and the study of the brain. Yeah, so I'm writing a book. No, um, yeah, I'm about halfway through, and I'm like the entire. I'm writing a chapter right now on the human brain. Awesome. Um, which it just fascinates. It's crazy. Me. Yeah. It fascinates me. Everything about the brain is just so wildly interesting to me. So that's a whole conversation right. within itself <laughs> that we probably shouldn't get in. We're going we're to talk about the brain for like 40 <laughs> minutes and people, everyone will turn us off. It's going to be ridiculous. But you did, um, you partnered with a nonprofit in Jordan to create women's safe space for refugees and provide support for services for them. That is yeah. really cool. How, like what, what was it? So I just like, I was, I think I was a junior, and at that time the Syrian conflict was going on. Mm. Um, and then I was, I also minored in women's health. So I was taking like all these like classes about, you know, the plight of women. And like the first thing, or one thing that I realized is like whenever there's a conflict in any country, the first thing that goes out the door is women, like women's really? like healthcare, women's resources, all those things out the door. There's no more focus on that. There's no more like thought to that at all. Do you all. think that's a reflection? Um, do you think that 
America's reversal of Roe versus Wade is a reflection of the oh, con- yeah. the conflict that's going on in the country, and that women's rights are now. They're just they're, women. It's not women's rights. It's all about political just, gain. Well, sure. And then women's rights are the first thing that can be suffered in the name of political gain for political gain and distress within the country. I think so. And so we are seeing that yeah. like, actively. I know it's tough. It's rough. But how do we? So how do we? How do we advance that? Because here we are, half a decade later, and I mean, I wasn't planning on talking about rovers right here. Um, I did a whole podcast on it. Um, But here we are, half a decade later, and um, arguably there's, I mean, we're regressing. It's mind-boggling. I don't understand Like, there is no progress when it comes to uh, women's rights in any sense. I mean, because, like, you could argue, you'd make the argument that there was some progress, Right. But now we're we're literally going back to prior 1973. Yeah. And I mean, just to give I mean a clear example, like women couldn't even apply for a credit card without their husband without yeah. their husband until after that, till 1974. Right. So here we are going back to that. Right. What do you think that's a reflection of in this country? I don't know. I think it's it's just a reflection of political gain. Like it. Women don't matter. <laughs> and, you know, like, they've never, like, our voices have never, it, honestly, it makes me think that we never actually had the progress that we thought we did. Mm. That it was kind of like this, like, Facade. illusion that you're having progress, and, but we can quickly take it away from you. <laughs> and if, it's, if it's something that we can gain on, we're going to take it away from and you. They, and they are. Yeah, exactly. So I, I don't know. It's just, I mean, it, it's, I haven't even been able to, like, sit down and think about it because, um, I, I don't want to. <laughs> it's just so tough to think about that that's actually the case. Like, if, God forbid, I ever had a scare or anything like that, that I had to come to terms with something like this that I wasn't prepared for, like, to know that I could be in so much trouble and so much danger, like, all these kinds of things can come up when it's already a sensitive topic. It's already a sensitive situation if anyone has to go through it. Well, there are there are trigger laws in Michigan that are set into place that if Roe v. Wade gets overturned, that... Um, it becomes a four-year felony. Four-year felony. Like, that's on par with your first offense of synthetic manufacturing of drugs, like meth. So you creating meth is the same, it's the same punishment as if you elect to have an abortion. And there's also, get this, this is the crazier part. There's things called uh, zombie laws in, a, in effect. That sounds really scary. Okay. That retroactively date back to certain dates that if you had one previously, oh my God. under certain circumstances, that you can retroactively be charged with a four-year felony in the state of Michigan. I'm going to have nightmares tonight. <laughs> this makes no sense. I don't understand. I don't know who sat down and, like, thought of all this. Like, no, no, I have an idea. I have an idea, guys. I have an idea. It's 1975. Let's just put, we're so mad. We're so mad. This wasn't a law before, but we're just so mad. Let's make some fucking ridiculous laws. That if it ever gets overturned, let's just ruin the lives of the women even more. Let's not only take away their ability to choose, but then let's also punish them with a felony in jail time. Oh 
they'll have their child in jail and then have to give it up to the system or to their partner or fiance or whatever. And then do jail time for the first four years, the child will have no mother. This, this makes sense. <laughs> this makes sense. Completely. <laughs> this, is, this is the only logical way, clearly. <laughs> I can't believe anyone would argue against it. <laughs> now I'm getting feisty. My <laughs> palms are sweating. Hey, I love to see that. I think everyone should get oh, feisty. And so it's, it's funny with. because like I started that entire conversation with, um, I want to clearly state that none of this affects me personally. Right. I will never have to worry about getting pregnant. Right. Um, even if I try to take care of myself, I don't have to worry about a 99% effective birth control. Right, right. Which a lot of people are like, no, 99% is really good. It's not if there's a four-year <laughs> yeah. felony on the other risk. side of that equation because, I mean, I have sex 100 times. <laughs> there's a chance I'm going to get pregnant. Time, yeah. I mean, like for me... I'm still waiting for that in my life. I'm like at like 16. I'm doing really good for myself. I think that's above average. It's 16 times in my life. You're already way above the benchmark. Yeah, I know. It would have been great if it would have been with another person. But, but you know, so it's still qualified. you have to think that... I mean, a lot. Of, I, 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 a lot of my Republican friends think I'm Democrat. Democrat thinks I'm Republican because I kind of right. ride the line. There's arguments on both sides that I just like. You guys are ridiculous. But like one of the arguments that uh, the left make, they're like, "Yeah, but what if you are raped and all this kind of stuff?" And I'm like, "That's not the majority of it. Right, right. The majority of it is just uh, an individual, maybe that doesn't, maybe they live just above poverty level, right. but to the point where they have to pay for birth control." Right. And then the birth control that they take is, I mean, in, terribly, in a, I mean, it, it's terribly uh, I, bad for your hormones. It, 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 it regulates them and terrible. I mean, it's terrible for the human body all around. You are altering the natural uh, uh, flow of the human body. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that, first of all, that's not healthy. Um, but that's fine. I mean, if they want to do that, but I mean, you're, you're regulating hormones and then it's not, it's not fully efficient. So you, you, you're saying this, I mean, I'm, I'm telling this to a doctor, so <laughs> I'm sure that you can chime in at any time and be like, shut up, you idiot. Um, but you're doing all these things. Then on top of that, you're like, oh, by the way, if it fails, you're stuck. Right. Because someone that has the means to fly and get an abortion somewhere where it is legal also probably has the means to raise the child. Yeah. If they could. So what you're doing I mean, because really, like having a child is a luxury that many people just can't afford. Yeah, that's so true. And that's what we're talking about here. We, we are punishing those that live maybe, I mean, definitely in poverty, but even above the line. But just they're doing okay, maybe. But like if you ask them to pay a $400 medical bill, they probably couldn't. Yeah, of course not. Yeah. And that's... That's what we're talking about because those are the people that are going to suffer mm -hmm. because then they have no choice. Right. They can't travel somewhere to get an abortion and then they're stuck with another child that they can't afford. Yeah. And that's who you're like really, cycle, yeah. that's who you're really trapping into a system. And like, those are the humans that I'm like trying to advocate for Right. because I don't need to advocate for the people that have the means well, and the yeah. wealth. Like they're, they're, they're okay. Right. It's the ones that, I mean. And you're not going to hear from them or anything because they, you know what I mean? Like they don't no even have means. the platform to they like have speak no up. Means. And, yeah, exactly. So it's. It's this entire, it's, 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 it's this perpetuating system of 
keep them in poverty yeah so we can continue to make money right i mean political gain and everything the government needs poor people they need unhealthy people they need uh homeless people like they they need crime they need all these things and so all of uh, we're not gonna get into that. There's <laughs> too much anger and angst into that. Okay, I have questions for you. Yeah. All right, we're gonna go through some questions. <laughs> this is such an interesting conversation. <laughs> I, I'm enjoying every bit of this. You're an absolute doll, and I love having you on here. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, here we go. I have this thing called questions for strangers. Okay. Uh, there's 19 questions here. Um, I pick a number from one through 19. Some Six. are dense so did i just choose a dense funny. one <laughs> uh, we're gonna find out what negative personality trait that you have or red flag that you wish you could stop or change uh let's see tell me a little bit about your insecurities yeah my red flags um mm-mm-mm. i hey. don't think i take criticism as well as i wish i could that's like, stop what that's <laughs> your red flag yeah, like like some people be popping tires no. and like and like I have jealousy issues. How's that? Oh, you do? Yeah, big time. Tell me about that. Just, just what else do I have to say about <laughs> it? Did, did, I mean, but like how uh, like how psycho jealousy issues? Like, did you date through high school? Did you date no. through college? A little bit. No, I really. mean, there was major jealousy. I mean, it's just it's just. I mean, in high school, I never had a boyfriend or anything. Um, I, my head were in books, man. <laughs> Valedictorian over here. I don't got time for no. <laughs> Absolutely not. I had fish wire glasses, braces, unibrows. It's funny. I'm kind of I look like that. J-Lo. I'm kind of into that. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, no one else was. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but yeah, I feel like I have major jealousy issues. Like, if I had a boyfriend and someone smiled at them, I'd be like, what? <laughs> like, why are you, you smiling would, in this direction? You'd, you'd take off your shirt <laughs> and just flex. I just, like, <laughs> part of me was always like, do they think they have a chance? Like, I'm standing right here. Like, what? That's really funny. So, yeah, I have jealousy issues. I okay, think. but that's okay. But that's only if, like, someone is actually my boyfriend. I don't have them before that stage. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, I'm not going to distress myself more than needs to be. Do you, do you want to get married and have kids? I think so, yes. Yeah? Yeah. Eventually or soon? Okay. We're really getting into the meat and soon, potatoes of who you are yeah. here. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm starting a new chapter in my life in California in, like, residency You're training. You're going to meet some surfer, dude. Yeah, I, dude. Like, tan, blonde hair. <laughs> He's going to come off, like, long hair. Shred some gnar. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And you're yeah. going to be like, just kiss me. <laughs> I've actually decided I'm going to try to go on dates with surfer dudes so i can get free surfing lessons oh my gosh i, I you know i know so. i actually know um i know a guy i can i can uh, i can talk to you there. <laughs> his name is bronzen isn't that a that cool sounds like a it sounds name. like a, he a, sounds like a really good surfer <laughs> oh, he he's a professional golfer okay. i met i met I don't him like a, that no he, he's super cool he is like traditional san diego surfer okay. like i met him on a plane um all long, he does long hair uh yeah i think it's i think it's like sandy brown okay and he's like tall and tan he's like a beautiful human like i met him i was like i'm like loki <laughs> i have a crush on you and uh and and he's i, I was like what do i do because i was going to san diego it was my first time there right. i had nothing and he's just like he's like here here's my number hit me up i'll take you around he's just the coolest guy interesting um yeah i'll i'll i'll, uh, I'll hook you up with him he's down in san diego though i don't know how far that i'll is. take a train <laughs> santa barbara that's probably like an hour and a half right no it's way more it's like four hours Oh, you're up north. Santa yeah. Barbara's north. I'm in the middle, basically. Yeah, that's Fran right. That's Diego. right. That's yeah. right. I was thinking, 
I, I don't know. I was thinking Temecula or something. Okay. No. Okay. Pick another number. We got a few more to go. Um, lucky number 13. Do you believe in any conspiracies? Ooh. No, I don't. I have a friend that, like, I think she believes in a lot of conspiracies, so I'll listen to hers, and I like listening, and then, like, I'll think about it, but I've never been swayed all the way. Yet. What what conspiracy interests you the most? The because scary ones, like the like. There's already aliens, and we already know about them. They're already living among us. Okay, have you followed any of this UFO stuff? No, I'm too scared. Okay, so <laughs> I have too much. On it's it's one of the reasons. <laughs> we're gonna dive in for six minutes. Are you ready? <laughs> this is gonna be spectacular. So this is one of the reasons why I do not like dem- uh, representative democracy because direct democracy is like I'm gonna vote on this exact bill. Yeah. And this exact bill passes or it doesn't pass. And it's the bill is regarding that one law. That is it. Representative democracy is like, well, we want to pass a whole slew of bills, a whole slew of laws. And so one side, the Republicans come in and they say, hey, we want to do this. And the Democrats say, well, we'll agree if you do all of these laws. And then they kind of go back and forth and hash it out. And next thing you know, you end up with 1,200 page document that's going through with 475 different laws and clauses and all these things. And it's like, then they label it as the COVID-19 Relief Act. And in, oh, in, in the COVID-19 Relief Act, there's a clause and a bill in there regarding the declassification of UFOs. Okay, first of all, why is that in the COVID-19 Relief I'm Act? I'm slip that in there. <clears throat> okay, I'm, I'm, first of all, I'm glad because <laughs> UFOs are dope as fuck, okay? I just, I love them in every essence. I just, I, they, they creep me out, but they also intrigue me. I want to yeah. know everything about them. And like, uh, who's the guy, Jonathan Bazaar? Um, uh, he's the he's the really controversial. He did a documentary saying he worked at like Area Fifty One, which oh. was really like Hangar Four, yeah. and and he was denounced from the government. But he definitely used to work for the government, and they said they don't know him. We've never worked here, but he has like documentation saying it's really it's a super okay. interesting. But but they released that like they declassified all of the a UFO. Um, all the UFO sightings from like 1953 to 1970 or something like that. Okay. They declassified them. And then all of a sudden the Air Force comes out and they're like, yeah, we see UFOs like Oh, wait, I think I saw 60 every Minutes week. on this. Yeah, like every week. We have no idea what they are. They call them transmedium. So they can go from like water, in the water, to the air, and then back, which we don't have anything that can do that. <laughs> like we have boats. We have submarines. We have planes. We don't have something that can do no. all of that. And then also – like the the speed at which they can travel in lateral directions and stop, they go from like fifty thousand feet to fifty feet in like a second, and oh my God. and all these things. So aliens, I don't know. We definitely can say it's unidentified. I think they call them UAP now, unidentified aerial phenomenon is what they're calling them okay. instead of UFOs. Um, that's like the governmental term right. for them. Uh, but UFOs are so interesting to me. <laughs> Way more cooler. Oh, yeah. Because like, like, this one looks like a Tic Tac, and they look like And it's like literally, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to type it. Have you not seen the Tic Tac one? I think I saw, like, there was a 60 Minutes episode about this. Yeah, like the Tic Tac UFO. Oh, not the video. I want image. Um, look at this. Yeah, yeah. This one yeah, right yeah, here. Yeah. It looks like the shape of a Tic Tac, which is it's so, yeah, look, 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 look at that. Oh, that's the one we're looking at. Um, there and these videos are taken from oh there it is right there look at that okay get get out of here that's so weird 
Um, it's like those blimp. Yeah, those? but but a blimp. Yeah. yeah those. <laughs> uh, but I mean, clearly it's not a blimp. But right. like these, uh, um, that's like as big as like five buses. Like that's not tiny. That's huge, enormous. And then it's like in a flash of a second gone, like just disappears. Jesus. And so we definitely, uh, like the air, the air force said, we, we do not have air superiority and we, <laughs> and we haven't in half a decade or a half a century. They're just observing us. Yeah. They're playing with us. I mean, but they haven't attacked ever. They just show up weird lights, weird shapes, weird movements. And then they're gone and nobody yeah. really knows what to do or think about that. Oh, I'm not going to sleep tonight. <laughs> <laughs> does that I'm not like do you like do you ever go into like wormholes on uf or on uh youtube no like where you just watch one video and then it says you might be interested in you oh like, okay yeah. i am definitely <laughs> interested in that and you click on that and it says next video coming up and you're like oh i gotta watch that if you start it's never gonna end so i oh my god don't do it <laughs> Don't don't click tic tac UFO video on YouTube. I'm it's gonna... not. I'm gonna like block it from my search bar. <laughs> but you've, honestly, you've said it out loud now. On I know phone. my phone has definitely heard so me. So your phone is gonna it'll it'll appear. I'm not in your pulling Instagram. up YouTube. I'm deleting the app right now. <laughs> it'll show up in your Instagram now. God <laughs> Facebook, knows. Facebook, Instagram. <laughs> I'm going off the grid. So, but uh, you don't believe in any other conspiracies like um, um, 9/11 or Den Denver Airport or. I honestly, I don't think I've taken the time to sit down and like actually think about it. I like hearing them. They're fun to think about. Yeah, but then yeah. I never like actually think about them. Like, do I actually believe it? Do I not believe it? There's, you know, there's the ones about healthcare and all those, and like the government's trying to make us sick, things uh, like I that. I have heard stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, and I don't, I don't it's know come up more those. because of like COVID and stuff. But like, like stuff in our water that keeps us sick. Yeah, things like that. I've or like they already that. found a cure to like all these cancers. And I definitely so. have heard the cure <laughs> so, to cancer. I don't like thinking about those ones at all. That's why. Well, I yeah, you're to, like, a, like you're literally a physician, right? So. And the idea that the cure for a terminal illness is right. out there, but they're you're saying just desperately trying to save someone without the key. Yeah. Yeah. And, I don't know. But they're saying, yeah, we're not going to do that because there's way too much money. Right. And, so I, mean, I don't, that, I don't know about those conspiracies. That's I like to hear believable. them, but I don't like to like think about them. It, I mean that that's a believable one. Like that's, fe <laughs> it's feasible to think that the greed of humanity exists part, on yeah. such a level that they're willing to let people suffer. Right. For the, you know, for the case of because they're already doing it in different in different I mean, areas. Doing so. it in every area. Yeah, exactly. So there's a possibility, but yeah, I do not believe in them. It's probably totally. best you just don't exercise those thoughts <laughs> too much in that area. I'll just stick with like the alien. I think the I aliens? really want mermaids to be real. Oh, I so heard. badly. Hold on, let's type in. Um, oh, God. They're not going to be like the pretty sighting. mermaids that I want them to be, though. Mermaids. Like, sightings. I want like Ariel. Oh, type. my God. Stop gosh. it. No. Oh, my God. Don't ruin, <laughs> Don't mermaid. ruin my fantasy. I literally just typed in mermaid sightings <laughs> and see what popped up. Do they look pretty? Like, um, like Oh, my gosh. Look at this. <laughs> no. <laughs> There's a mermaid on a rock. I just oh, hope it's so clearly real. fake, but it's so fun. Oh, there's a black and white one. That's oh definitely God. real. So I don't think mermaids. Mermaid sightings, episode 14, YouTube. I'm going to send this to you. No, I'm not going to. Just to fuck with your algorithms. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I want like cute mermaids. Okay, well, those, those aren't real. And cute aliens. <laughs> I don't think 
aliens are probably I just want like the nice cute, cute ones, you know. Um, <laughs> Maybe one that's like not afraid of commitment. <laughs> <laughs> that just sounds like a, a hopeful boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> you know, on this earth, maybe, maybe I have to go for an alien. You have more of a chance with an alien than you do a boyfriend <laughs> if you're going through med school. Oh, <laughs> Did you man. ever see the movie Arrival? Is that the one where they're like, they look like, like octopuses? A, yeah, it has like yeah. floating. Yeah, that, yeah, my dad loved that movie. Oh, it was amazing. That was scary. It, uh, they Those like octopod yeah. things that like started, they were like float walk. Right. I like had this because I saw it in IMAX. Oh. And I had this moment because like they were scientists that yeah. were up there. Yeah. And um, she was a linguist, I believe. Yeah. Uh, and I think he was a psychologist. Um, I can't, I Jeremy, Jeremy Renner, but it, it was this beautiful rendition of how the army, the military first responds with aggr- like aggression, aggression yeah. and then they're like, maybe we should let science study. Right. And so they go in and they end up talking to him. And I had this moment where like he went into, or maybe it was she, she went into the cage with them. And towards the end, I, don't, I can't remember the full scope of things, but I had this moment of like, I felt like I was, it was this transient experience because for a half second I was like I'm there (laughs) as a scientist I felt compelled to do something and it was a movie and I like it was just this it was a brief flash it maybe lasted three seconds long but it was enough that it moved me and I ended up leaving there like "I I need to find the aliens now and I need to talk to them to save them from us, the, for, from ourselves. <laughs> I haven't found them yet, but I do Let see a lot of, do see do. a lot of deer. Yeah, right. Honestly, <laughs> we do kill them though, a lot. <laughs> okay. One more question and then you're going to go. And then I actually have one, one last question for you. So one more question and then one last question. What do you, don't read them before you oh, read sorry, them. I, you're supposed to pick a, I have bad totally, sight. I can't even see you. Don't even here. lie. Um, we'll do, uh, number one. Number one. Tell me something that happened in your life that changed you forever. Ooh, okay, let's think. Something that happened in my life that changed me forever. Um, that's a tough question. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Um, I guess this kind of gets into like my medical background. Uh, and I think it like fits with my whole fitness thing too. I was, I think it was fifth grade. I went to my yearly physical and like I said, I was always a built kid, but in fifth grade I had a little layer of fat over that muscle, but the doctor couldn't tell that it was muscle under the fat. Mm. (laughs) Um, and so on like the numbers, like BMI and those scales and your growth chart, I had jumped up multiple levels. So they, I remember they told me you're on the verge of obesity and they showed me like the as graph. a fifth grader. Yeah. So I didn't even, oh, honestly, I didn't even know what the word obesity meant <laughs> at that time. But so they're like, you're on the verge of obesity. And so I remember like my mom, being like, okay, like, what do we have to do? Blah, blah. And I just remember after that was when my mom put me in every summer sports camp there was, I was in tennis. I was in soccer. I really? was in swimming. I was in volleyball. I was in basketball that whole really? summer. And that's what really like started this fitness thing for me, I think, was being able to do all those sports. And so when I think back on it, like reflect back on how that all came about, I realized how fortunate I was that my mom could afford to put me in a basketball camp, mm. a soccer camp, a, 
you know, all these different camps that I could start exploring this like physical fitness side so young, um, especially being from like a Middle Eastern background where that's not a typical thing that a young girl would do is do all these sports. Mm. Um, so I think that's really what started, started my fitness journey was that young and being introduced to all these sports and things. Um, and then that's, that's kind of what I've kind of reflected on as well with like my medical career and where I want to go. I want to be able to make sure all kids have that chance Mm. early on to not to be told that they're on the verge of obesity and not to use those terms or to like, you know, label them as fat or anything like that, but to teach them like their own version of healthy. What does healthy mean? What does it mean to have energy, Mm. you know, like, and, and to get to that part. And I remember after, after leaving the doctor's office, I just remember my mom served me a lot less rice on my plate than I usually got. Mm. And I was like, does that have something to do with that term obesity that you're not feeding me as much and I don't get seconds anymore? But um, I feel like that's, that's definitely something that's changed everything in my life. And I, if, like, if my mom hadn't put me in all those sports camps or things, I don't think I would have found fitness the way I have today. And like, it wouldn't have been such a big part of my life as it is now Mm. Um, and it wouldn't be something that I'm I'd be working towards like I don't think I would have had this passion and combined it with my passion for medical school because I think that's ultimately what happened in the end Um, and I didn't find I didn't combine my passion for health and fitness and working with kids with medicine until like last year Mm. Um, so I'd already started medical school and I had like no real passion in medicine Um, I still loved working with kids I still liked like running around with them coaching things like that um, but I didn't know how to incorporate it into medicine and like being a doctor mm. until reflecting back on that moment um, and coming to that realization that that made a big difference in my life. And I'm so fortunate to be healthy and like I can now educate my parents on nutrition and educate my dad on different workouts and things like that. He has like a bad back. So he's like asking me for workouts and I've like, I've like come to the realization, you know, like that that triggered all these events that now allow me to do that for my family that I wasn't, Mm. I don't think I would have been able to do if I hadn't been introduced to fitness and sports so young. Mm. So I think that's, that's so if you could go back to your fifth grade self, knowing everything you know now, what would you, what would you tell that girl? Um, I don't know. I think I would, I would tell her to like, don't do it cause, like don't feel like the pressure to do this because like you want to be cool and fit in because that's another thing I was a, a Middle Eastern girl and I was constantly trying to fit in mm. as like this Persian girl with an American upbringing and you know you never fit in as an immigrant yeah. into every category and so I, I knew like to be kind of in you had to do sports and so mm. like I was like constantly putting that pressure on myself to do sports do sports I wish I could have gone back and told myself like hey like do it for you like do mm. it because you like doing it don't do it because you feel like mm. you have to like so, but yeah, I think that's something I would tell them. And like, you're going to be okay. You're not going to be ugly forever. <laughs> you know I mean? You're not going to have a unibrow forever. There are tweezers. <laughs> you don't have to wear the fishwire glasses. You can get regular frame glasses and the braces will come off. <laughs> like everything's going to be okay. <laughs> everything's yeah. going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. So if I could click that mic on this one right here, it's a special mic. Okay. And when I turn it on, the whole world would hear you for 30 seconds. Oh dear God. What would you say? Um, what would I say? And in what language? (laughs) (laughs) It would be English because I'm not that good at Farsi. Um, I think, you know, honestly what I'd say is that in today's society with everything going on, um, all this division, 
a lot of hate that you see, a lot of misunderstanding, things like that. Be open to conversation with anyone. Mm. Be open to conversation with someone that you you automatically hate right off mm. the bat. Like be open to sit down with them and have a conversation and don't be like don't be so shy to like run away from those conversations that you know you're going to get into conflict with. Yeah. Have those con- and I I've taught I've learned I've learned this from my father honestly that he I've watched him you know, have conversations with people I know he has disagreements with Mm. and he doesn't believe in the same things they do, but to watch him sit there and listen, calmly listen and really like have conversations with them. Um, I think that's what we need to try to go back to. So like a podcast Mm. and having conversations and granted we agree on a lot of those big things. Were you worried at all coming into this conversation? Uh, no, I wasn't worried. I just, I've never done this before. So (laughs) I was just like, and just like the Murph, you know, (laughs) Never done that before. Two <laughs> like, wild experiences. I think I'm like a yes man. Like I, you're like, hey, you want to do this? Sure. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> that leads to the most interesting parts of life. Though. Honestly, yeah, I think so. Mountain biking, sure. Roll, no, 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 rollerblading, sure. <laughs> so I, I say yes to almost anything. So um, I wasn't nervous. I was excited, and um, like I said, I like having good conversation and like. No, listening. this is. This has been a really good conversation. Good, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for coming on. <laughs> Thank and talking. you for having me. It has me. been an hour and 24 minutes. It goes so fast. Yeah, it felt like 10 minutes. I know. Thank you. Uh, Thank you're you. wildly interesting. Do you, do you want anyone to follow you or get a hold of you? Like, what um, if they have questions? Where would they go? I am private on Instagram, but if they add me and say, I heard your pod, you on Mark's There's podcast. There's going to be thousands of Oh, I bet. Now. Just so everyone knows, I know you can't see me, but like, I kind of look like J-Lo. No, <laughs> <laughs> kidding. With the unibrow. <laughs> With the unibrow and the fish wire glasses. And the fish wire glasses. <laughs> no more braces, though. <laughs> braces are off. Um, but yeah, if they if they have questions, they can... What's your follow? What's your handle? Um, A-L-A-L-A-L-A-L-A-L-A, something It's like very that, creative. Right? Um, it's A-L-A-L-A-Y-D-A. So, awesome. Yeah, and I have I have a strong following of five hundred and sixty four, <laughs> and half of that is family. <laughs> That's more than I have. That's yeah. totally fine. I don't think so. <laughs> don't Ida, try to lie. <laughs> Ida, thank you. Thank you so Mark. much for coming on. You're the you are the at the quintessential person that I feel this world needs thank in you. many senses. Um, you represent your home country well. You represent the U.S. well. And you represent women well. And I really appreciate you coming on and speaking on these things. It's uh, It's been such such a pleasure. I appreciate it. Thank you. It's been a pleasure being here. Good luck Thanks. moving out <laughs> west. It, yeah. It's going to be so much fun. <laughs> I hope I'll so. come visit. <laughs> yes, we'll definitely. And we'll and, find that guy. <laughs> and rollerblading. <laughs> and rollerblading, yes. <laughs> Thank you again. Sounds good. Thank you. Bye, everybody.